Hello, folks. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. Trevor Hall here with some market commentary uh, coming after the uh, Jerome Powell presser and the Federal Reserve uh, meeting today where they have decided to continue to raise 75 basis points. And uh, here with me to join on this commentary is Rob Sin, CEO Technician. Rob, this narrative of we were going to get mention of a Fed pivot uh, was shortly squashed, and you can just look at it on the tape. Yeah, hey Trevor, thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, I I'm uh, a, I'm a little confused on who thought there was actually going to be a pivot today. Uh, I was pretty clear that we were going to get 75 basis points, and he was going to be fairly vague in his language about anything. Further, obviously, um, there was some speculation that there could be some sort of a dovish surprise um, going around, uh, you know, yesterday, and obviously that did not come close to happening. In fact, when Powell was speaking, he, he kind of he was talking in circles for a while, and then at some point, one reporter said. Hey, did you see stocks and bonds are up today? What do you think about that? And actually, you know, the reporter was wrong because by the time he said <laughs> that, stocks were uh, were down. But Powell then sobered up even further and said, "I just want to be clear that it's premature to talk about a pause." So I think the the only thing that was on the table at all was the possibility of a pause in early 2023. And when the reporter mentioned that stocks were up, he made it very clear that it's premature to even talk about a pause and that there's a ways to go. So when I hear him say that, I interpret that as he thinks there's another 75 to 100 basis points of rate hikes ahead, but he's not gonna, he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna get nailed down to a specific magnitude at the next fed meeting it's gonna it's either 50 or 75 and he's not gonna get nailed down on a pause he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna um see the data you know and then he kept going he kept going past 3 p.m and then he even mentioned that and, and i think this is where the market got upset is when he talked about how the labor market is overheated and that he would have expected it to weaken by now. And the fact that it hasn't narrows the possibility of a soft landing. That's basically what he said. And I think that's why the S&P went from trading around whatever, 3840, 3850 to closing at 3770. And obviously gold uh, yeah, dropped about $30 off the highs. Uh, the fourth straight meeting, the Fed has raised interest rates by 75 basis points. Um, listen, we had this conversation here, and I probably had it with you, Rob, about this term pivot. It's like, well, what's you know, what's the definition of a pivot? Is it a pause? Is it uh, an, an increasing rates at uh, a smaller rate, maybe in December and January? Now, you mentioned 75 to 100 basis points. Now, do we... You know, I don't know. I haven't looked at the. I haven't looked at the market to see what they're now pricing in for December or January. 
But from what I'm, from, from all I could tell, from a little bit I listened to Jerome Powell watching the market's reaction is this narrative of a pivot was dra- drastically overdone. There are a few mm-hmm. people out there online. I know yourself, my buddy Julian Brigden kept on tweeting that this was not going to happen. They are adamant in bringing inflation down. Uh, Jerome Powell, in the little bit that I was able to listen today, he did say that inflation remains high and it's going to take quite a bit of time to bring it down. Uh, Now you can get pushed on if this is nearly as how sticky of inflation are we going to get in the months to come. But on the outside, on the outside of all this, Rob, and love to get your comments here as a participant and observer, not necessarily as an investor in this statement, but as a participant and an observer, I will tell you, like, I really do feel that right now this economy remains resilient, even though mm-hmm. people are getting priced out on a lot of things and, and prices on the things they need are, to live are getting higher. But I'm surprised with how resilient this economy remains, even with these higher interest rates. So I don't, I don't think there, there's probably a question in there somewhere, more or less an observation and a statement. But give me your thoughts. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, and I agree with what you're saying. The economy is, uh, you know, resilient. It is, it is uh, strong when you consider uh, what the Fed has done year to date. This is the most aggressive Fed rate hiking cycle in more than 40 years, and the labor market is still, quote-unquote, overheated, according to the Fed chairman. And obviously, some of that has to do with the savings from... 2019, 2020, and early 2021. So people were able to increase their wealth during the extremely expansionary monetary policy of 2019 to 2021. Um, So that has something to do with it. I think another thing that has to do with it is their lag effects of monetary policy. I mean, this is is a fact. Um, and, and, And Powell, you know, acknowledged it in the presser today but he also said it's it's unclear and it's hard for him to quantify or time the lag effects. And so basically, he's kind of being humble there and acknowledging there's a lot the Fed doesn't know. Um, and if you wanted to, a bull, a stock bull, a gold bull could interpret that, well, that's a little dovish because he's opening the door to they need to slow down because they don't fully understand the lag effects. But at the same time, when that reporter pressed him and said, stocks are up, is this what you wanted to see? And he says, we are a ways away from being done, and it's premature to talk about a pause. So it's, it's, not even, it's definitely premature to pause, but it's premature to even talk about a pause. And so clearly, um, he is concerned about inflation, number one, and the uh, labor cost, the wage gain data in the last several weeks is not terribly encouraging to him. Even though he acknowledged it's a mixed picture, it's not what he wants to see. And he wants to see downside uh, you know, data points. And so I think that this sets us up for Friday. I mean, it's funny how every non-farm payroll is the most important one ever. But this is a pretty damn important one. And before we, you know, we turned on the, the you know, audio in this conversation, you said 
that you're a little worried about gold here. And I will say that if that employment report Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern is strong and is an upside surprise, gold is in some trouble near term. But then I could also flip that around and say, well, if it misses, then gold will probably catch a bid. Hmm. It was interesting to watch uh, gold was moving in tandem with the markets uh, starting when the announcement came out and then shortly uh, before the presser, but then got sold off with markets. Uh, just in general, let's go through a couple numbers. S&P was down 2.5%, NASDAQ down 3.4%, Dow down 1.5%. Uh, gold futures right now, about 1639, 1640. Uh, it was up to about 1675 at one time. So, um, I, you know, I, I, again, I, short term, uh, I have a lot of concerns. I, with gold, it's mm-hmm. it's just the chart doesn't look good. The short term fundamentals don't look good. Uh, Long term, incredibly bullish, Rob. But I, you, we just got to mm-hmm. be real careful with the volatility. These are the toughest markets I've ever seen. Quite honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on there. It, it is a really challenging market, and you know I'll say this: sixteen seventy five is a key pivot point for gold. Uh, so is $20 for silver. And literally, the session high in gold futures was uh, tad over 1673 and the session high in silver was $20, uh, basically on the button. So it, they, they both metals rallied up to key points on the chart where if they had uh, gotten some more strength, if, if he had sung the right tune, I guess, we would have a, uh, you know, uh, big upside move essentially, and a lot of uh, technical traders would have gone from bearish or you know neutral to being positive on on gold and silver again, and instead uh, the hopes were dashed there. And and generally speaking, in bear market environments, markets t- tend to fail at uh, key technical levels and rallies uh, you know fizzle out, and so that's what you know, we saw in gold and silver. So definitely the, the bears have the ball right now and we'll see, you know, what they can do with it, um, you know, Thursday and Friday. And I will mention that gold is down seven months in a row. And actually I look back as far as I could on all the different charts I could find. And I could not find a streak, a, you know, monthly streak seven months in a row so so this is kind of unprecedented and generally speaking it's not a bullish thing (laughs) yeah right right right. uh let's talk about dr copper here rob uh i want to get your thoughts here on this chart given today and the macro backdrop we're on with interest rates uh this thing is getting tighter and tighter here uh looks very much like a bear flag in my book on the weekly um let me get your thoughts here. How you know is is copper looking pretty uh, pretty scary for you? Well, it is a bear pennant, I would call it on the weekly. It's definitely not a bullish chart pattern that it's been forming since June. Uh, so technically, yeah, it's a bearish chart. Uh, very simply put, it's 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 not bullish. You know, let's put it that <laughs> yeah. way. Um, and then fundamentally, you know, uh, simply put, if housing 
is rolling over, which it very well may be about to, or it's in the process of, um, and Powell is sort of narrowing the, the percentage probability of a quote-unquote soft landing, then those are, those are headwinds for, for Dr. Copper. It's not a confirmed technical breakdown yet on the weekly chart. Uh, it has a key level of support around 320, 325. Uh, so we'll see if it can hold that. But as you astutely pointed out, yeah, it's a bearish technical pattern. All right, Rob. Um, I guess we know a little bit more now after today's uh, announcement and press release. Going from here, I mean, it almost, my takeaway was they're going to continue to raise rates. And now it may not be 75 next month. Maybe 50 is probably in the cards. Um, just saying that kind of off the cuff. I don't see, I don't know uh what the market's saying mm -hmm. but it almost feels like they're going to continue to raise rates as long as the economy is supportive of it or until something breaks that's yeah no i i think you're i think you're i think you're pretty right spot on there i mean so the odds are 50 50 right now okay. like you know as of the close today you can flip a coin as to what they're going to do at the next uh, uh you know meeting um and yeah, I mean, the, the market's not bad enough for them to wave the white flag. That's clear. Um, and the, the Treasury has opened the door to the possibility of a buyback program. So, you know, if long-end yields move higher again like we're you know we're at like 4.1 on the 10 year if, if they go you know if the 10 year goes back to 4.3 or 4.35 where it was a few weeks ago i expect that the treasury will you know announce this buyback problem to support the long end of the curve and stop yields from moving you know aggressively higher um, you're talking so ycc here you're talking YCC. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think this is going to happen. It may not happen this month, but it, it's probably going to happen in the next three months. So, basically, what's going to happen is the the two trillion plus that's in the reserve, uh, you know, repos, uh, that's going to get forced into T bills. This the Treasury will will sell T bills and use the proceeds of the short term paper to buy the long end. And so this. Because the reserve repo is so big, it's over $2 trillion right now, this will have some similar effects to quantitative easing. It's not exactly like quantitative easing, you know, because it's the treasury and they have to fund it, like they have to sell debt. But because the reserve you know, repo uh, overnight uh, account is so large, um, this will have similar effects to quantitative easing. And so... I don't think we're there yet, but things get a little more unglued and, you know, yields go up a little more over the coming weeks. And I expect uh, the Treasury is going to announce that. Uh, but that doesn't mean the Fed is pivoting. The, the Fed is still going to do what it needs to do. And, and that might mean 4.75 or 5% on the Fed funds and then and then holding it there for uh, an extended period. You know, we don't know. And I... I really want to highlight this because you said this is the the, the hardest uh, you know market that you've seen, and, and I would say it's one of the hardest ones you know that I've seen. It's challenging, and the fact that Powell said highly uncertain, 
multiple times. It's a you know mixed picture multiple times. And he kind of acknowledged that he's not having fun. It's not it's not an easy you know situation that we have on you know our hands here. And I think that goes for you know markets too. I think that you know approaching everything with I don't know as the first <laughs> Uh, you know, mindset is a good way to be and realize there's just a lot of uncertainty. We don't know how this is going to play out, you know, and it's the market with no memory day to day. Like we can sit here and say, oh, you know, S&P got hammered today. Well, Friday, if that jobs data comes in week and who knows, you know, the Republicans sweep, you know, next week or something, maybe the market will love it and it'll rally again. Who knows? Who knows? The VIX. There's this is this is the interesting. This is one that gets me today. After all this selling the last couple hours of the market, the VIX is only at 26. That's up like three quarters of a percent through all that volatility. Well, I think I think that's I think that's sending a little bit of a message. I think that's sending a message that if things get a little more unglued, you know, like I said. Now, whether that's 3,600 on the S&P or 3,500, I don't know. But somewhere, if you know, yields go higher, stocks you know, sell off quite a bit more, then the Treasury is going to step in with this, this buyback. And it just means that the Fed is going to be less aggressive. You know, it doesn't mean they're done. It doesn't, it doesn't mean they're done. It doesn't mean they're pivoting. I think, let's stop using the word pivot. It's not, there's no pivot. <laughs> there is no pivot. At best, at some point next year, there will be a pause. But let's let's stop the pivot. And I think when all the, the gold bugs acknowledge that, that there's no pivot anytime soon, then maybe we'll actually be closer to the pivot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Rob. Uh, a lot, a lot happening. Uh, I think we got a, we definitely received a little bit more clarification, more data to come out, not only this week, but in the weeks to come. Uh, we also get towards the end of the year, what we know is always an exciting time in markets. But Rob, uh, let's we'll continue to touch base and get you know market commentary uh, week to week. But appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for the invite. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.